Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode three of ADHD Chatter. This week, I speak to a remarkable woman called Barbara Rogoski. Barbara, in my opinion, is the world's greatest speaker coach, and she has some incredible advice on how to deal with ADHD, both in your professional life and in your personal life. I genuinely found listening to Barbara absolutely life-changing. And her advice on how to deal with imposter syndrome, well, wow, I wish I heard that 10 years ago. I'll let the episode speak for itself. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Hey, Barbara. Hello. Nice to see you, Alex. Yeah, good to see you too. I've genuinely been looking forward to this recording because um, I, I personally think you're the best in the world at what you do. Um, Thank you. Thank you for my, that. I appreciate that. No, no. I, I mean, my mornings can be quite slow sometimes. It normally takes me like two or three coffees to get going. But I woke up and I thought, I'm, today's the day I'm interviewing Barbara. Oh, um, nice. Genuinely excited. So thank you so much for, for coming welcome. on. Happy to be here too. I'm trying to create some consistency in the questions I ask everyone mm-hmm. to, to, to sort of create a balanced narrative. In the context of ADHD and with the lived experience that you have, what would you say is your earliest memory of displaying ADHD traits? I would say in high school. In high school, I didn't like math, didn't like science. And so I was really impatient and, and wanting to get out of there as soon as I could and also daydreaming. I remember I sat on the far side and I was always looking out the window and my math teacher, who was also my basketball coach, she said, Barbara, come on, stay engaged, stay engaged. And it was really difficult for me to stay focused. So I think that's my first memory of not being able to stay connected and and losing interest. And then you start like looking at the cracks in the ceiling, you know, Mm. you lose interest that way. So I think that's the first memory I have. I can relate so much. Um, I think I was probably a bit of a daydreamer as well. How how did you find the, the academic side of school? Difficult. I tried really hard, but I was really an average student, really average. I studied a lot, but didn't really get the big grades all through high school, all through college, even in university. I barely graduated University of South Florida with a D minus in accounting. The man took pity on me and I tried really hard, went to his office after hours and and, and, uh, tried to learn 
and he gave me a D minus and that was enough to let me graduate. Mm. So yeah, school was hard. School was hard. I didn't, uh, didn't excel. So you had extra tuition or extra lessons for a subject that you, you weren't displaying sort of a natural ability in. Yes. Well, I knew yeah. my, I knew it was a weakness mm. and I knew if I didn't do something about it, I wouldn't graduate because I just, it was really like Chinese for me, Alex accounting one accounting two i just couldn't get it so mm. uh i took the the step to go see go see the guy and he was kind of a little bit crusty old man but he understood what what i needed and he helped me and on graduation day i was wearing my cap and gown and i walked right up to him and i said you're the reason i'm graduating thank you so much mm. he was like oh okay thank you thank you but yeah i, I realized that you know you got to know your strengths and then with the adhd on top of it with the lack of focus and lack of attention and losing interest uh, it's it's uh, it's challenging, but but you just have to get to know yourself that way. And luckily, at that early time, I realized that's what I exactly needed to do. It's it's so relatable what you just said. You know, we're we're good at some things and we're not good at others. I mean, like like anyone really. And and if I could look back and sort of shout at my younger self, it was really to don't put extra effort into doing the things that you're clearly not designed to be good at. I suppose I I was never amazing at maths, and I I had extra maths lessons after after school and I should have leaned into the creative side but I, I suppose I didn't have that self-awareness at that young age to to realize that I was maybe trying to put a square you know a square peg into a round hole yep and the same exactly the same I only realized my creative abilities when I got my own business when I started my own business because I had to make brochures and pamphlets and websites and that's when my creativity came out I totally agree with you to to realize what you're good at and realize what you're not good at and try to balance them out and another thing that i know now preparing for this discussion was um, self-correct try to self-correct and what I mean by that is I know I'm I know I'm gonna start this great project and I have to be sure that I, I get it done because this is important for my work so be conscious and self-correct um, and and that's what I do now very much so um, whenever I can sometimes you just can't because of all the all the <clears throat> all the other things that happen but that's one that's one thing I've learned so far what, when you say self-correct, do you mean that you're ultra aware of what you're doing and you know when you're deviating from the what, what the sort of direction you're meant to go in? Yes. For example, I can go from being happy and fine and confident to depressed mm. in a five-minute period. I can be fine and then I can be thinking about something that's bothering me and then I go down. And I, and I say to myself, hold on now, don't don't let that happen. Don't go down there. Come back to neutral. Come back to where you're okay. And and I'm doing that more and more because I'm noticing that I'm falling into depression quickly, with with certain things that are going on in my life. And it's working. It's working to self-correct, to come back. No, not going to think about that. Come back to happy place as much as possible. Mm. <laughs> and and uh, it it applies to everything. It applies to my work. It applies to my relationships. Self-correct. Be self-aware. Mm. It's a challenge, but but I'm I'm working on it. It's, you know, life is a Life is an ongoing uh, learning learning thing where you learn about yourself as you go. So busy with that, Alex. That's incredibly powerful. Thank Having you. a that's such a valuable tool to have built in the ability to to recognise when you're maybe going down a dark path or you're feeling depressed on a particular day, and having yep. the ability to recognise that to yep. start with, and then to pull yourself back. I mean that's something I would love to do I think I can do that sometimes sometimes the the thing that causes me to go the wrong way is quite a powerful force um like if I get a criticism or a rejection or something happens what do you have any tips to like 
when you when an extreme reaction like that and, and you really um get knocked off course in quite a drastic way um which i i find you know happens on a weekly basis yep, in various situations yep. are there any like things you could recommend to really push yourself back on course i have a few a few ideas about that a few things that i use for my my own self when i get a criticism or rejection or lose a deal as a speaker coach <laughs> that was really hoping to win i just say to myself okay that wasn't my door and tomorrow's a new day so some days i can self-correct and come back to neutral and be okay but some days with those those more intense things just do what you can do today do whatever you can do and then tomorrow's a new day mm. so that that's that's what i do and and i don't know about you but, but uh some days i wake up in the morning and i'm feeling positive and enthusiastic and want to go run out and do a lot of things and other days i wake up really dark really dark and not feeling happy about anything and, and, and in a bad mood or, or feeling lost. So I don't know if this is related to ADHD, um, but it happens. Does it happen to you too when you wake yeah, up? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it is 100% related to ADHD. Okay. Um, the, essentially the advice to take one day at a time. My second guest was a guy called Josh White and that's a philosophy that he carries through. Yeah. Um, he, he really tries to avoid thinking about the bigger picture I suppose and and really just focus on on the day and break yep. things down into like a, a, a daily task and funnily enough it's it's the mantra I suppose of Alcoholics Anonymous which is I, I've been in in the past is take one day at a time because otherwise you can get overwhelmed quite easily yep. if you think about a week from now or two weeks from now or and like you said when something doesn't go to plan or you get a rejection or you get a criticism then tomorrow's another day we start again um yes. it's so interesting because i think it absolutely has got a lot to do with adhd i think mm -hmm. we, we we are very sensitive to rejection or i certainly am and when it does happen to really zoom out a little bit and put it into the context of actually this is just a tiny letter on a page of the book of your life and it's really not yep. going to be relevant or significant in probably 24 hours time right right that's the way to look at it. Yeah. When, when was ADHD first mentioned in your life? Later. It came into my consciousness like mid 40s, mid 40s, mm. because I, because I had such up and down mood swings. I went to a, a local sort of city offered psychologist um, and they said to me one day, well, do you think you could have ADHD? And I wasn't really sure what it was. And this was mid 40s. So I did a test with them and I checked off every single box. ADHD, ADD. Mm. So I've been diagnosed as both, having both of those based on, on the, the test results. So I wasn't conscious of it earlier. But of course, looking back now, my entire life was this way. But I do notice as I'm getting older, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. And I'm, I'm not taking medication. Um, I have a lovely partner who is a teacher and she has a son who is ADHD and she knows exactly how to treat me and take care of me. And let me be sometimes or or kick me in the butt once in a while you know she, she knows how to manage it with me mm. and she can see it she can see it on me when i'm in the in the, the depths of it so luckily i've uh i've received a partner i'm lucky enough to have this partner that who who gets my challenges i think having a partner that understands the condition i suppose is, yes. is so important because if they don't then they can take your behavior as rude or they can take it as you're ignoring them or they can mm -hmm. take it as 
you're not interested in them and these are all things that can cause big conflicts in relationships Absolutely. Um, my partner is very aware of adhd now i speak to her about it all the time um so when i get obsessed into a project and i'm i go in on my computer for five hours and i completely <laughs> ignore her um you know she knows what's going on yeah i think adhd has lots of strengths and, and weaknesses in relationships specifically yeah. what would you say and I, I know i've got a few but i'd be interested to know what you think first are the strengths of dating someone or being with someone who has adhd very conscious of everything going on around i don't know about you but when i'm in a when i'm in a theater i see everything and everybody what they're wearing what color they're wearing and i can often tell you after the show is finished what the people in the front row were wearing mm. i have a huge consciousness of what's going on around me every moment of the day i go i go to a church and i and i see everybody what they're doing in like a, a supersonic way and my and my wife is is like Oh, I didn't notice that. Or, oh, what do you mean? What do you, what do you, they, what you notice what they were wearing? I'm like, yeah, didn't you notice what they were wearing? Didn't you notice what they were doing over there in the corner? No. <laughs> so, so it's, it's yeah. massive, Alex, mm. a massive sort of consciousness of what's going on around. And it's mm. quite tiring, but it's just who I am. I thought everybody was like that, but it doesn't seem to be. <laughs> I thought everyone was like that as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it, it's. Uh, you can relate. I mean, you can relate oh, to what I'm saying. What, yeah, one hundred percent. I think okay. it's. Um, it's. It's. Uh, I mean, this is actually going to be one of my next topics to, to talk to you about. Was like our intuition and our heightened yep. sense of awareness. Mm -hmm. um, I want to get onto that next. Um, I'm just going back to the relationships quickly, like the positives. Yep. I think. Yep. I mean, for me, I think it's. it's you know, if, if you're dating Alex, then one day it's not going to be the same as the next you know we're yeah. i think we're incredibly spontaneous which is fun spontaneous can be really fun generous uh, generous generous yeah oh definitely kind yeah I, I really um i think empathetic empathetic agree with that it, it can have its quite humorous drawbacks i think because we can be incredibly spontaneous and then lose interest in the thing that we were spontaneous about absolutely big time yeah <laughs> i think yeah. that's such a <laughs> Do you want to go out for dinner tonight? Um, and then my partner gets dressed up, puts on the heels, and then I don't want to go out for dinner anymore. Yep. Uh, and she's <laughs> left frustrated. Um, yeah, that happen. It's definitely an interesting... I think, I mean, I, like you said at the beginning, I think when, when the partner is a, aware of the ADHD traits and, and kind of knows all the sides of you and all the things you can do... Um, good and they, bad. Yeah, good yeah. and bad. I mean... There are, I think there are plenty of good and there are plenty of bad. I think but yeah. the, the, the bad ones can be mitigated. And, and when your partner understands them, then sure. then there's you can hopefully avoid potential conflicts that might yeah. be to, a natural response to to give to, room, give extra room for the fallout, whatever it is, because mm. my mood, your, your mood changes. I don't know about you, but for me, my mood every day, as I said, it's a different mood and I can come in the room in one mood and I can go out the room in another mood. And oh, that's yeah. also kind of unpleasant for the partner because they never, they never know what you, how you're going to be acting or what mood you're going to be in at least from my own experience. And I, and I try to be more balanced in the middle, but it just doesn't work most of the time. I, I try really hard to not go up and down, but she knows that that's who I am. She knows that's my personality. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not always easy. <laughs> I think yeah. it's, I think we, we can sometimes um, almost like a drastic mood swing. You know, we, we could love, I think, love bomb, yep. be really 
uh, really close and lovable, and then and then we could suddenly be quite withdrawn and distant because something has p- cropped up in our head that yeah. has yeah. that has yeah triggered us. Yeah, that's that's yeah. The, I think that's the right true. word. So you think that we or some people with ADHD have like a heightened intuition and an ability to be a, a, an, like a, an amazing judge of character and to spot when someone's maybe not being genuine. Yes, absolutely. That's a symptom that you see on Google about about ADHD is being able to read people and be able to see who, who, who could potentially be a good person or a, a not so good person. You can read read a person just by the intuition. And because I have such a, such a fast memory, fast view, like snapshots, I'm doing snapshots all the time. Then of course you do the snapshots of, of people you meet. Like a, as a speaker coach, I meet all kinds of people that are um, interested to learn. Some people that are like there because they have to be to learn something new. And yeah, it's it's interesting to see the different kinds of of people that you come across, and and mm. and how you can kind of read read them with that extra sense that I believe is is ADHD related too in a quick way, quick quickly read it. Mm. Yeah, super quick. And I think it's that that um, ability to spot a wrong un or to spot someone who's maybe trying to has an agenda has agenda. has helped. Uh, yeah, has has helped me massively in my mm. career. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it's helped you? Well, it's hurt me mm. <laughs> with some people, but but it's also made me stronger on the other side. So has it helped me? Yes, to be a, a bit careful and, and see something before it happens. You know, like, oh, I know what's going to happen here. Watch out, everybody. So I, I do have that from time to time. Mm. But I'm, I'm very sensitive and I, I, I'm not good with, with, with angry people or aggressive people or conflict or or arguments it's also from my childhood my parents fought a lot it, i'm very sensitive to that kind of negative energy so what do you what do you, do you would you say you avoid putting yourself in situations where there might be a risk of you being exposed to criticism or aggression or conflict not necessarily not necessarily i'm i'm a strong person so i can handle a lot but of course re- criticism and rejection are things that ADHD, adhd people do have trouble in internalizing and being okay with finding peace or finding a, a balance with. So I don't work in an office. I don't deal with the politics of, of offices. And luckily I have my own business and um, that's, it's, it's a good thing in a way because then I'm independent and I'm free and I have my own boss. But on the other side, I miss the social interaction a lot of times, but I think it's good for my ADHD that I'm not involved with a lot of people. <laughs> because one thing I, I did want to share with you about relationships is that I have I sometimes have a tendency to blow it, like not 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 romantic relationships per se, but like friendships, um, lose interest in a friendship for no particular reason, mm. and just kind of walk away from a friend. And like business relationships, like you know web designers or or people that make brochures or or coaches. For me, for some reason, I really can't hold on to those kinds of relationships very well. Something always happens. Something always sou- it goes sour or goes south. And um, I also read that that's a symptom of, of ADHD that you you can't really handle relationships very well. Like I'm talking about these like business ones, and 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 I'm noticing that wow, I, I have like four or five coaches over the years, and and I didn't stick with any of them. That's so interesting, I, and and um, it actually makes me feel a lot better hearing you say that because I'm exactly the same and I it's, it does give me a bit of guilt sometimes like yeah. um with professional relationships and personal relationships yeah. um if I scroll back through my whatsapp messages there's messages from like people who who I was really really good friends with 
um, and their the messages say, "Oh, are we not friends anymore?" Or have mm. I done something wrong? Yep. Or and and that kind of it, it compounds because then that, it gives me an anxiety about, oh, now I've hurt their feelings. Or, but mm. my my friendships last almost in the same way that some of my business projects can last. The, yep. the I can go be really enthusiastic and really into a relationship or a friendship, and then suddenly it becomes too much of an effort to maintain yes. that friendship, and I end up just like you said, blowing it and. Yep just ceasing com- ceasing communication and I might never see that person again yeah someone who I was going for drinks with every weekend sure. or going out for dinner with and it is quite it is quite sad in a way but I, I I if I'm being genuinely honest I don't think about that as it doesn't make me sad like I don't look at those lost friendships and 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 feel like I've lost a valuable connection because my mind's busy thinking about something else i don't know if you're the same yeah i I, I sometimes feel a bit guilty like well gee why did i do that why did i just walk away from this loyal friend who's been with me for for years and i just do i just walk away i'm not interested anymore and 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 i i i I do feel bad about that but then as you say you kind of just go on and 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 go forward so it's unfortunate thing it's an unfortunate casualty Right, it's a casualty of mm. having this throughout your your personality. So, I I struggle to dwell on things, both positive and negatives, which mm. it actually serves me quite well. If something, if I lose a friendship, somebody might be quite sad about that, and it really might affect them. Whereas I can't dwell on something for too long, yeah. so it's kind of like a, a a shield I have from potentially feeling sad about a situation like I can feel sad in the immediate aftermath I'll be really sad because I almost like hyper focus on the, the the situation and I'll be like oh that's that friendship's over or that mm. relationship's over and I'll be intensely sad about it but then mm. a week later I'm over it and I'm yeah. on to the next mm. uh on to the next thing that's my mind's on I'm, I'm I'm a little ashamed sometimes that I let it go like that but then after after a week or, or two I'm, I'm just kind of quietly moving on mm. and try not to do it to the next person but then it happens mm. again yeah 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 oh so, yeah definitely I don't think it's like oh I don't think it's something we do intentionally no, no. um it's not I don't beat myself up over it I yeah. accept that it's part of my brain is constantly looking for the next thing um yeah. so it's not a conscious if I was a, if, if we were like a conscious decision making that decision all right I'm I'm that friendship's over now they don't serve me anymore then that would make us bad people right but it's not a conscious decision it's just who we are so I give myself some slack when I zoom out and think of these situations yeah that's the best way to do it I I I imagine I guess I was thinking don't be too hard on yourself that's also another lesson when when these things happen or when you make a mistake or when you do something you know to blow it you got to kind of be kind to yourself and say okay that wasn't so good, but but don't don't beat yourself up too much, because mm. I I do have that a lot. Beat myself up about different things that have worked or haven't worked or these things, but that's another thing. So self correcting and not beating myself up to try mm. to bring myself back to that as well. Self correcting that behavior too. So it's work in progress. <laughs> I think having that self awareness can really help um like have you experienced what i would say is the boom and bust cycle so you get really into a new project and then 
you know, a week later, you're just not interested anymore. Oh, absolutely, Alex. I do that a lot with my business. I have so many ideas. I have hundreds of ideas. I'm a speaker coach. I'm a TEDx coach. I have hundreds of ideas of products to make and I want to do this and I, I buy the URLs like your, your yeah. last one you first guest said, buy all the URLs. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. I tell my wife she's excited and I go work on it and then and then it gets less interesting and the next day it's less and the next day it's less and after the week it's just sitting on the pile. Yeah. <laughs> I have hundreds of projects. I don't know about you. I have hundreds of projects that are half finished. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I, and I looked in my cabinet. I have a box full of notepads all different color notepads, all different shapes and sizes. And almost everyone has the first three pages notes of something that I started to do. And then I just didn't do it anymore. And I put it back in the box. So mm. all these note, all these notebooks are all my ideas that I wanted to do. And then I put them away. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so <laughs> yeah. frustrating because if oh. I could just get a couple of them done, yeah. it would be amazing, but oh, it's so yeah. difficult. You're speaking my language. It's yeah. so, it's like I'm, I said this to my last guest and the guest before, it's like I'm taught, looking into a mirror. Okay. And I think every person I've spoken to has said exactly the same. So mm -hmm. it's so refreshing to hear you say that because it's easy to, I think, to look at someone like yourself who's had a you know, huge success mm -hmm. and to think, oh, that they don't, they don't get affected by that because um, they've done, you know, they're one of the best TEDx speakers, trainers, um, out there so they must mm -hmm. have some secret but to hear that it just makes it all so much more relatable but but you know you don't want to but in, in in society in business in LinkedIn you don't really want to share these feelings you don't want to share mm. these moments of of not failing but 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 not succeeding because when someone says so how are you doing you want to you, you normally say I'm doing okay when you're doing really bad you say I'm doing okay it's not something you you sh share easily because people want to just hear the okay things most of the time. So you don't, don't really share it, but, but I'm, I came on this with you and I'm sharing it now and uh, just being open and maybe some of these things can help other people too. what we're doing, what we're doing here and what you're doing with your podcast to help others to get a practical um, example of people that are struggling and, and how we're coping with it. So well done you. Mm. Oh, thank you, Barbara. That, that's yeah. really kind of you to say. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the, my intention with the podcast is just to bring in, bring in people and to create a more balanced narrative around what it's really like to live with ADHD. That's, that's my intention. Yeah. Um, and hearing you say all this stuff, I think it's doing exactly that because you can look at someone like yourself and just see the positives and think, oh, she must have the good version of ADHD. But, you know, actually, you've got the normal version of ADHD. Yeah. You, you have the good sides, you have the bad sides. And to hear that, I think it really might help even if one person listens and they think, oh, yeah. you know, I'm just going Tomorrow's through a bad a episode. Day. Tomorrow's yeah, a new ex day. That's, exactly. That's mm. my mantra. If it mm. doesn't work out today, tomorrow's a new day. So thank you for being so honest. I think it really genuinely will help. You're welcome. Sorry to interrupt the show for 10 seconds. In the future, I am going to be organizing some live face-to-face -face events and I'm going to be inviting everyone who's subscribed to the YouTube channel. So if you want to be the first to know and you want to come to my future live events, then hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Thanks very much. Let's get back to the show. I'm desperate to talk about your work because it fascinates me. Oh, um, yeah. How did it happen? I mean, how did you start becoming a speaking coach? I worked in the corporate environment, made it to the top there, sort of global account manager with million dollar accounts for a medical publisher. Mm. Got transferred to a really nasty team. I don't know if I should say that, but I did. I got <laughs> transferred to a nasty team and they were never happy with what I did. So I couldn't succeed. I couldn't please them. I couldn't do what they wanted. So I fell into a really deep burnout, really, really bad. I couldn't count money out of my wallet at the grocery store because I was so confused about how much money to give out 
it was that bad. And so I decided at that point not to go back to corporate, to go the other direction. So I became a Reiki master. I'm a Reiki master. Mm. And I'm also an ordained interfaith minister. Okay, wow. Yeah, I didn't tell you that. In no. <laughs> I didn't tell you that. No, <laughs> this so is I'm all an you. interfaith minister. It's a three-year study, become an interfaith minister. And I was a pastor of a church. I was a pastor of a little church in The Hague for three years, uh, English-speaking LGBT community. So I went away from the corporate. But then these things didn't really earn much money. So I came back to the idea, what can I do to make money? What am I good at? So I listened to so many boring presentations and sales trainings over the years that I said, I want to do something about that. And so I decided to start my own business called Successful Speaker Now. And I uh, just started going back to the corporate to help them not be boring. So I developed these different skills and tools and I'm really good with English and I'm American living in Europe, living in the Netherlands. So I could use my, my native English in that way and um, got involved with the TEDx organization early. So Jim Stolza, who brought TEDx to the Netherlands pretty much, he um, was the first one to have a TEDx event and then there were more popping up all over and Jim knew about them and, he, and Jim said, Barbara needs to coach there because she's really good. Oh, Barbara, you need to go coach over here. So all the TEDx that were popping up, I, I was lucky enough to be invited to be the speaker coach in the early days and I coached 10 speakers at a time and they all went on the stage and they nailed it and we developed the TED style and so I've, I've coached more than 150 TED speakers at the moment. And that in itself has polished my skill to be a good storyteller coach and to get right to the point of things. And once I was diagnosed with ADHD, I was already in my business. I'm like, that's why I can really get to the bottom of it quickly. That's why I can kick out the blah, blah, and really get to the, the, the impact thing and the engagement thing. Because if you don't connect with me and, and I get bored with what you're saying, it's, it's not good. So I'm the perfect one to be a speaker coach because you got to get me going straight away and impress me and keep my attention and not bore me mm. with what you're going to say. So in this way, this has been a big advantage. You said, what's the advantages? Having ADHD in this way has been a real advantage. And that's how we met. Yes, I, I, well, you, you coached me while I was doing a talk in Barcelona and you were, you, they, you were my speaker coach. And I was genuinely blown away by how talented you were. You took my talk from a boring 10 minute talk into a, a engaging masterpiece really and i, I genuinely do believe that um, i'm so proud it, of you I, I was watching it and i was just i was so proud that you 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 took my gestures and you took my stories and the way to do it and chicken oh well that's another story remember we did yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's a there was a story where i uh we're talking about my history with problematic drinking and I, I once woke up with a chicken next to me and it was a funny part of that story but it was um, your idea to bring that in and it got a massive laugh on the day yeah, um, so yeah nice. it was, it was you know, fantastic I would never have thought to include that and uh, it's such an interesting thing you said earlier it's like if, if you keep Barbara entertained who has ADHD then you're gonna have a much better chance of keeping a, a normal audience entertained absolutely um, I'm the I'm the one you're speaking to and so, mm. so I work a lot with, with consulting companies and big business and financial companies. And I say, if you cannot speak to me when you're speaking to a general audience, then you're not going to grab them. So mm. I'm the one they're speaking to, as well as, as being able to get through all the, the blah, blah and the boring. So, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm lucky. And I realize it, that, that this is a thing that I can use to make a difference for many people. You said you yeah. had 10 clients simultaneously. Yeah. Like, I mean, from my speaking to various people, that's kind of... A massive ADHD trait you can jump from one project to the other and you can um, give someone all your attention and then give another person all of your attention that's clearly been a massive advantage in, in you in, in your job yeah um, 
I can juggle yeah. many things and keep track. Mm. And, and in this way, I'm extremely focused. Some mornings I walk in my office. I don't know about you, Alex, but sometimes I walk in my office and I just don't have a clue what I'm supposed to do. I'm totally blank. I'm totally blank. I'm standing at my, at, in front of my desk like, what the hell am I supposed to do today? And it's, it makes me scared because I have so much to do. It's all over the place, but I'm totally like lost for a little while mm. until I kind of get it together and sit down and, and do my stuff. So there's that far unfocused moment but then there's other really focused where I can coach 10 speakers in a day and have them all have different talks. I think a lot of people listening will relate to that bit you said so much about um, just having a complete blank moment. Yeah. Um, I have them all the time. Um, yeah. You have them. I think a lot of people have them. Um, and going back to that, once you know that that's actually just a part of you um, and it will s switch over to... Yeah understanding what you've got to do it was the same when i started this podcast i had a million and one things to do i had to buy the domains i had to set up the social accounts i had to design all the artwork i had, I had about 50 things to do and yep. the overwhelm nearly made me quit it nearly just made me think i've got too much to do i can't yep. um, but going back to your advice i said okay today let's do one thing let's buy the domain tomorrow let's contact a graphic designer the next day let's by the microphone you know i really broke it down into into manageable sections um it's the way to do it and, and yeah, for me when i had that moment of overwhelm like blank don't know what to do say just one thing one mm. thing on that moment when you're lost okay sit down and read a business book or or respond to an email or or something but but that that how that's how i get through it. and if that even doesn't work then i go outside and get some fresh air and walk my dog to oh. clear my head sometimes yeah. just clearing your head and getting mm. fresh air also helps to to bring it mm. back to a good place so, yeah that's such good advice yeah yeah 100 um i have a dog i think um i showed you my dog on our, our video call before yeah I, I've, <laughs> I've been out walking him all my good ideas come when i'm dog walking or just yeah. generally exercising it's a really interesting thing because you like me we have had many ideas projects which they've started and then for whatever reason just been shelved mm -hmm. what do you think made you stick at speaking coaching um well i also wrote a book i have a book called boring to brilliant a reference guide for speakers it's i've read also, it it's amazing it is thank you it's colorful and short tips and it's it's written from an adhd person for an adhd kind of audience for short mm. attention don't have much time in a hurry so i wrote the book that way to make it colorful and short and that totally worked, Alex. It totally worked because I don't read small print books anymore. It's difficult to read small print books. And so this thing um, brought out my whole colorfulness as well as making it fun for others to read it. And I was so focused on that. I did it in six weeks. I did it in six weeks. And like, how on earth did I do that? Looking back with my ADHD challenges of a box full of <laughs> notebooks with three, three pages, yeah, yeah. you know, how did I manage that? <laughs> And when I look at that, I say, because I had the vision and it was clear mm. and it was colorful and short and brought out my creativity and somehow I could stick with it. And I, and I have the idea for another book. I'm starting my second book, but I'm afraid to start it. Something's blocking me to start it. <laughs> so, so, um, but, but, um, getting back to, to you, what was your question again? How did, how did I start it? How did I, what was the question? Yeah. Oh, just, uh, essentially what made the speaker coaching different to all the other projects that you haven't. Oh carry follow through with um it's short term mm. i'm very good at short term um uh agreements short term um uh, things um because the the speakers are with me for several weeks or or maybe two or three months 
And so I'm really good at short-term projects, but I'm not really good at long-term long-term commitments. Like I started a membership site and a membership site is six months or a year. And I, and I, and I backed out at the last minute. It sounds familiar, but I backed out of doing it because I just knew that I could not stay committed to this and I didn't want to take people's money and not and just do a bad job of it. Mm. So being a TED coach, you see speakers three times. Being a, a, a corporate coach, you you have some ongoing things, but it's uh, it's it's just all short term. So that's the that's the key, is that it's short term. I go in there, they listen, I use my expertise and experience to make something cool that I'm proud of and they're proud of and make something special. And so that that gets me energetic too that I can help like I help with you with the chicken. You know, like that mm. was a unique thing that we did together. The whole talk was, the whole talk was quite mm. amazing. Um, and so that's why, because cause mm. the, the short term is the key for me. It's so important because what you've said rings true to what I've heard other people with ADHD say and, and what they've had success in and tremendous success like like yourself and, and, and my other guests is, is doing stuff in, in short bursts and really not uh, over committing and getting yeah. that, uh, short-term dopamine loop that cycle of dopamine in short manageable projects yep. um, for me it was social media for Josh previously it was DJing for you it was speaker coaching mm. you you you, you a, a client instructs you you have a call with them uh, you have maybe three or four calls with them and then they do the talk and that's yep. job done exactly. it's very manageable you get mm. a big rush of dopamine probably throughout you might be a bit nervous the first time you meet them i don't know um i certainly would be but once they once you see the finished project you get a rush of dopamine and then that's kind of right okay that's that's a i am a speaker coach but for now this is what i am this client yeah really try and separate it and to make it not too overwhelming absolutely sometimes it even gets to the point where i'm so engaged with the client that there's no one else in the room there's no one else except us two. And that's like a lovely moment. It's a lovely moment of connection, heart to heart connection, because you're so working together with these ideas. And it's like the whole world just fades out. And that's a, that's a nice feeling. I was in a, an office building with a huge lobby with three levels of places to sit where everybody could see you. Huge building, huge glass building. And I was with this gentleman and we were working together on something and the whole place just disappeared. And, that sounds and that's amazing. Lovely too, as a coach, mm. speaker coach. So that was that's a lovely the, moment. That happens from time to time. That's what you want, isn't it? That's that's the end goal to get yeah. that relationship and to get create that environment where you both just have that ability to focus on the yep. his his or her story and to try and find the bits that are going to pack a punch when they're on stage. Right, and teach them how to do that, how to deliver it, mm. how to make it that way. And and it's also trust. It's a lot of trust in that they have to trust me that I'm not going to make them look stupid or are mm. going to say something that's not appropriate. But uh, it's, it's a lot about trust. And I, and I love that, too, because I'm very trustworthy mm. and I want the best for you. I want the best for the for the person I'm, I'm working with all the time. Being of service, this minister, interface minister does come through like this, too, sometimes with being of service to mm. the people that I'm working with. So it's all connected. I think perhaps finally we'll see how it goes. But there was one question I wanted to ask all my guests when you're at quite a high level in your career and you're coaching speakers who are going to be on big stages talking to thousands of people you know some high profile people mm -hmm. do you ever feel imposter syndrome do you ever feel like oh gosh this this is uh, i'm not qualified to to coach this person 
because I only ask because I when I'm on stages and doing various bits and bobs, I, I certainly feel it, and I and mm. and I would love to know some advice on how to reduce that feeling. If you a if you feel it, and b if you have any tips to to manage that feeling. Well, I, I to be honest, I do feel imposter syndrome on a regular basis because my little voice in my head is very active, very strong. My little Barbara, I'm in touch with you know, inner child, and she sabotages me a lot. Um, and I have to watch that too and self-correct. And when I'm, when I'm speaking, because I'm also a speaker, when I'm presenting to a group, I get really insecure. Who am I? Who am I to talk to these people? Who am I to, to share these things? And I did a, a, a presentation on International Women's Day at a big consulting company, and the room full of, of directors and leaders and, and managers. And I'm like, I don't even work in an office. Who am I to talk to you about being a communication ally? And so I am, of course, because mm. I know about communication, but that, that did come. But at a certain moment, you have to say to yourself, they have invited me for a reason. I am here for a reason to share my knowledge and what, what I think can help you and benefit you from what I've learned, my lessons mm. learned, my view of the world, how I've experienced things. They don't have that. And they brought you in for your expertise and for you are who you are because you're the only one that can tell your story the way you do. No one else can tell your story like that. And so that's what I try to remember myself too when I'm presenting, that, that I have something special to share and that they can benefit from. And so, so I just try to stand a bit taller. Mm. And I have a really cool Spotify uh, song list called Empower Me. And I listen to all my favorite upbeat songs. I have one particular that's my favorite. And whenever I'm nervous, like even for, I didn't do it for this interview because I'm not nervous with you, Alex, but sometimes when I have a big meeting, I play this song really loud and I dance around the room and I have actually tell my <laughs> friends and, and ladies that I work with to do the same thing, to pick a, a really power song, make you feel mm. good, get that energy going, and then go in there and, 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 and nail it. And so that's what I would recommend too. Build your own, build your own power list, build your own list of, of power inspiring songs that really get you going mm. in a strong way to make you feel really strong. Um, and, that, and that does help. I've got to ask the question, um, mine, mine is Eminem. It's always been Eminem. Okay, if I'm yeah. going to do something, if I'm going to go for a run or do whatever I need to be to hype, hype myself up. What's, yep. what's your songs? What's on your playlist? My song, my number one song that I listen to whenever I need the courage is Brave by Sarah Barrialis. And it's about communicating and speaking up. And I want to see you be brave. I want to see you be out in the world. Go stand up for yourself. Be brave. And, I, and the lyrics are awesome. And I just play it really loud. And that always picks me up when I need it or gets me ready for, for the thing I have to, to do. So, but I have a, I have a whole Spotify list and I've got quite a few ladies that like it, people that like it. So it's a uh, empowered me, mm. empower me songs playlist. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I think, yeah, such good advice. And I think, I think that's a nice tone to, to, to bring this conversation to, to a close. I think it's been sure. amazing. Where, where can people find you? And I'll put the, information in the show notes to the okay. episode if people want to chat to you a bit more where can where can people find you well um i have a website called successfulspeakernow.com that talks about the different uh things that i do um i i have a linkedin um page that i'm very active on um i'm the only barbara rogoski on linkedin so it shouldn't be too hard to find me and if anybody wants to to know more about my experience or talk about ADAD issues I'm, uh, I'm available to, uh, to, to be in contact and to answer anything I can do there. I wrote this book called Boring to Brilliant, a reference guide for speakers, also ADHD oriented. 
in the the tips for the speaker speakers out there in the world and um so i suppose the best way is, is linkedin is to be in touch with me be in contact and connect there uh to um to um yeah to, to see what's going on and i'm i'm quite interested to to help people and uh i'm a good listener so i'm available if anyone uh wants to get in touch with me amazing thank you i'll put all that information in the show notes and just quickly going back to your book um it's, it's I, I thought it was quite an embarrassing admission i made once but i've never read a book I've, I've tried to read loads of books but i've never been able to and your book was is the only book i've ever read um oh. and, and that's genuinely really the, the truth yeah you sent it to me oh. and i went downstairs because i had a I had a genuine passion uh, incentive to read it and i went downstairs and I, over about an hour and a half two hours i, I read it all um, wow. and and it, and it really is amazing and it did it has got a lot of amazing advice which i took forward onto my onto Excellent. my talk that's a great compliment um, alex thank you thanks for that the only book i've ever read it's genuinely true ever read. wow yeah okay uh, I, but I, all that... I did what i needed to do with that book that's exactly what i wanted it to yeah be. maybe it was the way it was written or it had a nice uh, text to picture ratio and the font was a particular way i don't know but it, yeah it worked <laughs> it's amazing great. um but yeah thank you Barbara so much it's been um I've certainly enjoyed this conversation I've, I've, I've gained a lot from it I've learned a lot and I and I think others will too so thank you for your time um yeah thank you Barbara you're welcome thanks Alex I, uh, I enjoyed it too and let's stay in touch and uh keep going with what you're doing because you're making a difference Absolutely. I will do thanks so much Barbara you're welcome okay Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.